Uh, okay, we're good. Hey, uh, I want to thank everyone for being here today. I got my guest today is trained actor, trained ice skater, trained dancer, trained fighter, basically a Renaissance woman, a Swiss Army girl. I don't know what you'd want to call her. Yeah, She's, I love uh, that. The, the beautiful, gorgeous Lacey K. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction, Lorenzo. I am doing really well. We have our coffee happening here. Hello to everyone from Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to step up my my energy drink game. No, um, I yeah, I had some iced coffee. Here. I had some iced coffee there, and I was like, no, I need a Celsius. This is a little too early for me uh, for the start of the week. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, thank you for getting out of bed for me. Um, <laughs> um, special. No, no. Th- thank you for uh, taking the time. And uh, yeah, no, I was seeing, you know, I, I, I was reading like your bio and all that. And I, you seem to wear like a lot of a lot of hats, you know, in in what you're uh, going for in the industry. What did what inspired you to like, you know, go this route like as was it as a child or later on did you want to be an actor athlete because i know um there's a lot going on with you like ice skating um like uh, the training with the fighting and uh all this you know there's a lot of uh you you're trained in a lot of things you know so i wouldn't know like which, which avenue did you originally want to go and uh how did you end up where you you are now you know so i think as long as i can ever remember i loved performing so the top thing for me is my heart is is in acting that's my heart um as a child i got offered by my mother the op uh she said what do you want to do as an extracurricular activity do you want to do figure skating do you want to do drumming um would you want to do like a sport so i said yes to drumming um, because my mom used to play drums so i was brought up in a home that always had a kit and since i was like i guess there's pictures of me as like two years old on this kit um and i think that's a pretty badass kind of thing in our family because it's very much um a matriarch of drum uh, like it's my grandma bought them for my mom when she was 14. um they're like a 60s old pearl beautiful collector's kit i still have these drums oh, unfortunately wow. they're in storage and i do want to get back on them it's just really hard in the city with tiny apartments to have that as your instrument that you practice oh, okay. um, you know <laughs> um, I, my neighbors like i they're not going to be super happy about that but um yeah i'm actually i'm talking about it so much uh, that i need to just get lessons again i want to get back onto that um just to like brush up those skills but that was kind of like a extracurricular thing that started when i was really really little and I'm so grateful for it. You know, some kids are like, oh, I hate how I had to go to piano class. Like, I definitely hated having to learn theory and learn how to read the music. I was a person who just wanted you to play, and then I would copy you. I was very much play it by ear. Mm -hmm. So that is, uh, and then figure skating, I don't don't even remember how that started. I think it was also just something my mom put me in, but I really loved it because it was essentially theater on ice. It was just, I just so happy to gravitate to the words, the sports, they're heavily theatrical. Um, 
But as a child, I came from a really funny family that really current, like humor was like a currency in our family. Entertaining each other was a currency in our family. We didn't have a lot of money. I didn't come from a lot of money. So I think it's a beautiful thing that putting on shows as children was like a fun thing that we did for the family, my two sisters and I. So I was kind of always like the snotty director of these shows. I, at a young age, had a vision and was very like, I guess I've always battled my whole life, this perfectionist um, trait, um, which has Mm -hmm. its pros and its cons. But to answer your question, acting was always a thing. Like the first, um, the first time I ever had to face the fear of getting up in front of an audience was in grade five, we did speech contest. And it was my first time doing a speech contest. And I decided to choose Shirley Temple, the actress, not the drink. Although the drink is so awesome. <laughs> um, I love Imagine I did a speech on just the drink. <laughs> I'm sure that could be just as entertaining coming from you. <laughs> that would be awesome. So I opened that speech up singing Good Ship Lollipop. And I ended up winning based on votes from the class, based on the mark and from the the teachers. And that gave me this almost like a superpower feeling like, oh my God, I faced this super scary thing. I, I remember just being riddled with anxiety and wanting to freeze, wanting to run away. All the mm-hmm. things that still as an actor I face, if I'm gonna go out, the nerves, they're real, they're there, but it's a really cool energy you can use for your presence and harness and rather than rather than be crippled by it but i was like wow i faced my fear and i was rewarded that people like it people like what i did so let's keep doing this and i think from then i was just like um i must do theater i must do I'm, and so any chance there was in school to do a performance i loved it like that was my favorite i put everything i could into it um wrestling funny enough i wasn't really allowed to watch it as a child in fact i i my memories are always at my cousin's house or at families or friends' houses. I grew up in the 90s, so this was like such a memory for anyone who grew up. Oh, yeah, 90s, me too. Oh, yeah. This was like the Attitude Era was everything. In my opinion, it still is everything. But my mom was like into fashion, had three daughters, was like bought the Family Channel box before there was streaming and was like, that's all you get to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, violence and horror films and fighting was kind of scary for me as a kid. I just, that wasn't like something that my dad like watched golf. Like I wasn't really exposed to some hardcore sports. Um, (laughs) Basically my dad watched paint dry and that was the sport, but um, (laughs) yeah. So I was the only person in the family that thought that was awesome. As I, when I grew up, I being in the theater world, got to hang around with a lot of other cool people in um, different types of performance, whether it's burlesque or people who come from like comedy scene, people who come from the wrestling scene, all these different types of performance and mm-hmm. sports. Yeah, as a kid, I was really good with with the figure skating. I didn't continue because we didn't have a lot of money. So unfortunately, the reason I stopped, honestly, was because my, par- my parents couldn't afford to keep me with a private coach. And uh, my family and my parents split up and I, it was kind of rough when that happened. So the drumming and the, and the figure skating, everything kind of stopped happening. It wasn't, and um, 
basically the best thing I had for myself were the school projects and my teachers that I could grasp onto for the arts. Um, mm -hmm. My parents were doing their best, but not heavily involved on those things. Um, so, wow, what a long-winded answer. I, as an, <laughs> I guess um, the reason why, I guess when I moved to Toronto in 2006 to study theater, I started to be exposed to the indie wrestling scene here. And I'm just, I was super, super, super fascinated because it's athleticism and sport, super challenging, super high, like, like heavily based on technique, but also at the same time, heavily based on performance. And I thought it was wild because it's like a theater in the round. A theater in the round is when you have people watching from all angles. You do mm -hmm. not have a set perspective. Proscenium arch is what they call it in theater. Mm -hmm. So it's really challenging because from every single angle at all times, you have people's eyes on you. And on top of it, now we have wrestling that is now television. This isn't in the beginning of wrestling. There wasn't TV shows about it. So now you're simultaneously making a TV show while doing a live performance at the same time. It's fascinating to me. And the over the top characters and the creative, what is it, like the creative privilege. What's the word I'm looking for? Creative privilege or just like the, the ability to express yourself? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Just awesome. I mean, just fucking awesome. So I've decided that rather than, and then, so before the pandemic started, I was starting to reach out to wrestling teachers to look for training. And I, uh, there's a wonderful teacher in Hamilton, Ontario, here in Canada named Rip. Um, and then there's uh, Tyson Dukes from London, Ontario. And I had planned to train actually with Tyson. I, I did some classes with Rip, but I was having trouble with the transportation because I don't drive. Um, but I said, hey, Tyson, I really just want to be a valet or a manager. Personally, I never wanted to be the wrestler. I okay. wanted to, I was, I personally always loved and I say this pretty much, I, I always say this, everyone, anyone, anyone who's watched a podcast with me knows I love Sable. I love Tori Wilson. I love Daisy Keebler. I love Sable. I love this vibe. Um, I just personally am like not ride or die with my body. I want to be an actor later in my life, like Christopher Plummer. I want to be, I want to age well. So as a life choice, wrestling isn't the path, but the world is something I want to still be inside of because the show they put on so awesome I just i feel like there's a space for another personality so i don't know what i'm doing but i'm still trying um i'd love to be a valet manager and so yes i want to train anyways the pandemic kind of messed things up for three years of lockdowns here that got put on hold and mm -hmm. last year was kind of like climbing my way out financially mentally and emotionally from that and this year um i'm like let's go and so dark side of the ring wasn't incredible like oper like that changed my life getting on that show which brought everything i wanted everything i was manifesting together so i'm gonna stop talking now um, oh no no i love it no yeah it really is like ballet if not uh just as difficult or you know more uh taxing on the body i mean ballet is just as as uh taxing as well as uh ice skating i imagine you gotta have ankles 
man. <laughs> strong oh, yeah. legs, strong ankles. Yeah, I think like muscle has memory. I like because I just did so much dance training and all that stuff as a child. It just it's inside of me, although it's a little bit dormant because I haven't been act like I have to be honest. I have uh, developed a lot of trigger points and a lot of pain in my one hip. I I mean talking to wrestlers about body pain is like I might as well shut up because they're all like, oh yeah, guess what I have. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> they're just like broken, but I I'm trying to heal something in my hip right now, so I am. A little frustrated i'm starting kind of what it feels like from scratch i need to get back into some training slowly but surely and rest being around wrestlers it's just that much more inspiring they're such positive people if you've hurt yourself they both everyone's like you can fix it you will fix it you can do it it's such a beautiful like positive like they're also crazy like oh like, yeah destroying themselves and be like no problem we'll fix that um so um, but yeah, I, damn, like, yeah, speaking of ankles and, and strong and figure skating, I remember doing a figure skating competition where I was, I couldn't do my skates up tight enough. They wanted them to be so tight because even in wrestling, you have these boots that are supposed to keep your, give some, you know, structure to your ankle. Mm -hmm. um, and same with figure skating. I always wanted my skates to be so tight that it felt like they were a part of my body. They could not in any way wiggle or move. They had to be mm -hmm. like cutting off my circulation basically. And I remember <laughs> I was backstage and I couldn't tighten my skates the way I wanted them. So I was kind of like on the verge of tears. And one of the women running the show, I was like, could you please go find my dad? He's in the audience. I need my dad backstage right now. I need him to tie my skates up for me. And she never met my dad in her life. And there's a whole audience of people at this uh, arena. She managed to somehow find my dad. He got back there and did my skates up for me. But that's just to say that, yeah, that's a, um, you just mentioned ankles and that was a memory that I had of that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I, I was always like an actor who if I didn't if I couldn't find the exact socks that I was I needed, even the tiniest detail, I was like, I can't I was like I almost like it's almost kind of not good how obsessed I was with the details and trying to like be more relaxed in my life and especially in wrestling, it's taught me to be more like go with the flow and not and and be able to be okay with not being in full control because professional wrestling is heavily based on a lot of improvisation, especially in the oh, yeah. scene. So that's mm -hmm. like a total skill that I consider a fear for me. I don't actually like full blown improvisation, although a lot of my training is in that. Um, I, in the theater, we rehearse, 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 rehearse. I get to rehearse so much before I go out there. In professional wrestling, I do not get to do that. So this is another mm -hmm. fear, and it's another muscle that it is um, challenging me to strengthen. And I sitting around waiting for, I mean, theater in Toronto and theater in Canada isn't, to be honest, the most exciting thing to me. No offense, like maybe someone needs to like show me something that's cool happening right now. Luminato is a really cool festival in Toronto that used to bring in a lot of badass directors badass work like i loved all the i loved so much of the theater that i've seen in toronto like amazing things mm -hmm. but companies that i want to be a part of i there's very few 
like the theater I would I'm interested in comes from Europe. So I would have to uproot my entire life to go there to continue working in theater that I am personally interested in. Um, so because I don't really have the theater company I worked with forever in Toronto is called the Katazuki Collective. It's run by Tatiana Jennings, who is the artistic director of the Humber uh, Theater Performance School at the Humber College here in Toronto. Mm -hmm. She's rooted from like the avant-garde experimental um, scene in Moscow, Russia in the 80s. Very cool woman. She was my mentor in my whole 20s. Um, what an honor to be asked as a part of her company. I was the first person in the school in like three years to be asked to be in her company. I was the only person in my graduating class to be asked. So it was an honor and it was like continuing my training for my entire 20s. And even though the school was three years, um, it went on. And uh, what I can say with that is, is that Katazuki we in our last major 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 show was in like 2015 it was like a four hour long richard the third it was insanely it was awesome there was like a bunch of trent reznor in the uh soundtrack it was really like industrial like heavy oh, wow. metal it was like a very uh heavy metal version of richard uh -huh. the third and my lady anne was like people either loved it or they hate it she was very like <laughs> it was that's very, a good thing uh, though yeah tatiana our director was not making things to please people. She was making things to uh, break cliches, really. And the best way was to take a cliche, like a, a play that everyone knows, that uh, like like a classical piece that is rich with structure, and then not worry. We would just like tell it with a different narrative. Our company was never obsessed with trying to create a new story. We were always more interested in telling the story in a different way. So we would always work out of classics. So we would do like Marriage of Figaro from Bomarchaeus. We would do Richard III from Shakespeare. We would do Homer's Odyssey. We would do um, the stories of E.T. Hoffman, a 19th century writer. We always, always took classics that were like cliches now and then turn them upside down. So that was basically the where I come from with my training, but because Katazuki is no longer working in live theater. They're working on a television series right now, which is just in the writing process. Um, I don't really have an outlet for live performance right now. I just don't. And professional wrestling has been that for me. It has like brought so much joy to my heart to be in front of a live audience, to be a part of this spectacular, over-the-top, wild, exciting show. It's I don't, I'm not really a happy person if I don't have that in my life. And this mm -hmm. year, um, it started to happen. And again, what is my position? What is my role in professional wrestling going to be? If it's not the wrestler, I'm not really sure. Right now, I'm um, hoping to get myself more into the backstage interviewing positions just as a clear start but i would my biggest dream would be to do one of these wild manager positions because i really want those crazy wild managers like back like who <laughs> where's our paul bearers you know yeah uh -huh. where no, are our sables it is a dying art the valet and uh the uh i don't know like i i and i know i was gonna talk about it a little bit with uh 
the valet they are kind of i, I wouldn't say coming back I, I wish they would come back more in full force but you have like a scarlet bordeaux uh you have i True. think lana or cj perry just debuted on AEW. um true you know, i know i saw yeah I saw. And, I, and i was like yes. man yeah scarlet bordeaux and lana yes absolutely even uh karen Jarrett, like mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. She was like honestly my favorite part of the double or nothing this year. Like her coming in with the guitar. I on I thought that was awesome. Um but yeah, there are they are there. And I totally would I I only briefly like got to say hi to Scarlet Bordeaux in Mexico City in 2018. There was an impact show there. I went down for the 85th anniversary for the CMLL and there was a bunch of other shows happening that week and that was actually the first time i ever saw um carrion cross i i guess i don't really call himself anymore i i call him killer cross <laughs> but, um, <laughs> this is big, was, like yeah. before they were a couple and i just mm-hmm. remember she was so stunning and striking and just like so much taller than i expected and so much more like she's i think she's awesome but that was my first sort of in-person experience with scarlet and i definitely marked out (laughs) oh yeah like (laughs) even even if you don't know uh wrestling and Mm. who she is she's she can skip a a heart heartbeat like she she's a a amazingly gorgeous no uh and the hardcore wrestler like she's badass oh yeah Um, she she looks like she could uh fight you know mm -hmm. she's not She's not, I mean, I'm not saying you have the feminine, weak, you know, girl, but she looks like she could. Uh, oh, yeah. She can take a bump for yeah. sure. <laughs> She's, oh, yeah. Um, tough skin. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I still want to do, I, st- I, I still want to do that. Like, I, I was trained in stage combat. So, yeah, I want to get, like, nasty and do some nasty things, like drag someone by their hair across the room i don't know or someone can drag me across the room by my hair i want to just uh i'd love to just take a chair and just hit someone <laughs> with it so we'll make those dreams happen i hope <laughs> no yeah i i feel like eventually i don't know things will get better it's it it all depends on how you feel about the wrestling scene nowadays and that was some other stuff i was going to talk to you about uh first and foremost I did get you, you know, to see you uh, play, you know, the Sunny character, like on the dark side of the ring, the season four. Uh, how was it to play like <laughs> AOL's most downloaded woman of all time? And she's she's literally like the sex symbol, the awakening of a lot of boys back in my day, I'm sure, including me. Uh, how language there (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah my awakening uh how how was it to play her like she's i mean despite what's going on now with her life which we could talk about but uh how was it to play her to fill her shoes did you feel nervous did you uh you know um like research and all that and how was that to, to kind of like play her in that aspect? Oh man, that was the best. 
honest, uh, I wasn't nervous at all because I knew that no other person should play this role. I, I just had, I just knew I needed, it was mine. There was nothing about me that felt like an imposter. I knew that there was like, it was my thing. When I saw the audition, cause I, I got, I saw it through an actor's <clears throat> online platform that we actors use uh, with their agents to find jobs. I actually just left my agency from last year. And so the beginning of this year, I was like free. I was just by myself, not represented, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, and so I was, I still, I kind of was just being my own agent and I saw the audition and the fact that it was sunny, it was like, whoa, I feel like I manifested this. Like I got what I asked for because in 2022, <laughs> I was, I followed all the people I could from Dark Side of the Ring, uh, the directors and everyone. And I remember they did an Instagram live um, later on, later in 2022. And I jumped in on the live and I was just kind of trolling the comment section being like, please feature a diva, please feature like a, one of these female personalities. I would love, you know, and then they did, although it wasn't the sunny episode it was more of the chris candido story that you couldn't tell without talking about sunny mm -hmm. perhaps one day when they get more when they get the permission to speak with um tammy they maybe maybe they'll do another part to it right like a two-part thing but i know that they struggled to get in, through the lawyers to talk to her mm -hmm. um so all of the voiceover they have from hers from past interviews in the show but to answer your question how was it to play her i did i literally watched everything it was a pleasure to watch everything i could um i read her autobiography which is called a shattered star i believe it was written in 2006 when she was in prison at the time but it's mm -hmm. a really interesting read because it's very much her voice firsthand you get a lot of autobiographies written by professional writers just using whatever the, yeah. the person, you know, but this was very much her writing. And I thought it, there, there's so, I mean, there's so much that they didn't even get close to touching on in the episode. They didn't talk about her father, who, which is like a amazing uh, personality and character in the story of her life. Didn't even touch on her dad, didn't touch really on her, on her upbringing. Um, and the fact that she lost her father, who was the most important person in her life when she was really young on the road with Smoky Mountain. So this is the beginning of some trauma that does not get resolved. And in the 90s, you're not really, there wasn't really a big talk about mental health and there wasn't oh, accessible uh, therapy. And even if there was, it wasn't really cool to do it. It was, you know, you thought, like, oh, only crazy people do that. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's totally the opposite. The most healthy, powerful and intelligent people I know do therapy is healthcare. Um, but so I, I approached that, how to play it. It was an honor to be cast as her because yes, in the height of her day, she was incredibly beautiful, incredibly talented, was amazing, amazing. Like my favorite is, my favorite favorite is Sable. Sunny had a totally different like energy like almost because she was a cheerleader she had this quality about her movement and she was very good on the microphone super talented with um uh, speaking and 
yeah, so yes, it's a super honor to play one of the like hottest, most iconic attitude mm -hmm. era, like 90s divas. It was also, I had the awareness of how tragic the story is and I and how she's become such a villain. And no, I can't stand behind people doing anything to harm themselves or others. But I do look at this with complete compassion towards mental health and addictions issues. And that's what I want people to look at as a, a, the conversation to be had, not just, oh, she's a shady, awful, horrible slut, that she has extreme trauma that was not resolved. And then in this world of wrestling, especially in the 90s, which Dark Side of the Ring really exposes, it's all just a, a, a concoction for disaster. Yeah, no, right. definitely. It's it's and and I was going to ask you, do you think it was like the her partner or the business or herself? I, I mean, I'm not saying it's herself because she did have unresolved issues that, of course, you know, were taboo back then to really talk about. But, you know, is this some sort of like even you uh, being, you know, female in the business is it a cautionary tale that you could like learn something from like, okay, like I, I learned something from this, you know? Absolutely. Um, I think, yes, at the end of the day, we can point fingers at all the horrible, awful um, circumstances that we had no control of that happened. I mean, you can't, not everything is your fault. No, there's a lot of awful circumstances. We live in a really tough, tough society and tough, world with generational trauma just like left right and center um mm -hmm. so no it's not a hundred percent her fault but it is at the end of the day up to us to want better for us to do the work for us but the end of, it was definitely not chris candido oh my god in my opinion he's just an angel he's a sweet lovely just it was like his strength in being a sweet kind wonderful person was also simultaneously his weakness because he did get kind of walked all over because he mm -hmm. was just head over heels over um tammy like he kissed the ground she walked on he just was so loyal to a fault but it wasn't him he it was definitely the business the industry and the expectations and the and just the era it's different yeah no, it was different back then, definitely for uh, females. And, you know, you, you were back then it was all about sex, sex sells, sex symbols. And well, I think it still is like that today. I mean, it's yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely all about sex and violence all the time and entertainment. But sorry to cut you off. No, but no yeah. No. Today. um there's so much more awareness and also everybody has a camera on their phone you got to watch what you're saying and doing and yeah everything's being watched these days and i'm not that i support cancel culture but it's it's happening because there's that much more documentation with people being able to and it's actually like it's a great thing that people are 
watching what they say and do. But in the wrestling industry, I do have to say, I have firsthand. Ex- I have. I do have firsthand experience with some assholes in the world who are very misogynist and expect me to just sleep with them. To be to be honest, like that's straightforward. That's in any industry. I think though, music industry, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, you still have these, in my opinion, like low vibrational losers who are going to take advantage of women in the industry if they can. But then there's also really awesome, like beautiful, amazing people. And those are the people I'm grasping onto in the industry. Those are the people I'm keeping around me. Um, such amazing, amazing people in the wrestling world who I just think are so special. It's a world where if you were kind of like an outcast everywhere else, you're embraced here. You can be a superhero here. Your thing that makes you an outcast, that makes you kind of weird, like Andre the Giant, is actually your superpower. <laughs> so that's really special. Um, that's what I think is really special about professional wrestling. But yeah, I sometimes feel concerned that if I don't, you know, sleep my way up, then like, what am I going to do? But I don't want to do that. That's not the way that I want to approach anything I do in my life. So I, I don't know, just for women in general, it's kind of like unfortunate when a guy realizes that they can't get you in their bed that they don't really want to be your friend anymore or talk to you anymore and i'm just like whatever if that's going to be the way it is and i'll find like it's just that the opportunities are there i guess what i'm trying to say to like just like oh like sleep my way into certain positions in this industry but i am so not interested in that like i want to go to bed at night knowing that I do everything the moral right way that it sits well in my heart. I also have a partner and I'm very fucking like loyal to him. He's an angel. He works in the music industry, incredibly talented jazz musician, incredibly talented. And uh, it's wonderful to have us not both in the same industry. The music, music is my heart. I wish that I had, in a way, I was talking about drumming, I really wish that I had continued more in that path. I hang around with some of the best musicians that are, that exist, like the greatest musicians in Canada. I get to almost every single week, hear them play here or be friends with them. Like I'm very, I'm also heavily connected to the music scene and, um, Anyways, I'm rambling, but yeah, I just feel like the, I mean, I think it was, oh my God, I wish I could meet Cornette so bad. Um, <laughs> oh my God, JC, I want to get a bracelet. What would JC do? But it's like, <laughs> no, I love him. He's so, he, he tells the truth. He tells how it is. Yeah. He doesn't going to, not going to sugarcoat. He just is straightforward like like it or not i really want to meet him especially because he's the reason for chris and sunny he's literally the reason mm-hmm, they are there mm-hmm. i need to meet him but he said in our episode um he said that he made a comment that the wrestlers had more sex on the way to the ring than he ever had in his whole life which <laughs> <laughs> like hilarious i love oh, him no. so much he's but, a great yeah. talker yeah, but yeah, that's that's still something that I see 
happening in the world. Um, lots of like personal dramas like that. Lots of people who are still like that, but I don't want to be like that. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, well, and you were saying earlier about today. you were you were saying about manifesting, and I always say that too. Like, yeah, I, I think of all the, you know, I'm not living in a a girl's world where it's you know you kind of have already at a disadvantage and an advantage. It just depends on the way you look at it. But um, you, oh my god, I'm losing my train of thought. that makes me feel less alone i lose my train of thought like all the time um you're just like you're manifesting you know these good things and in the world there's bad people but there's also the good people that kind of balance it out you know so it gives hope like you know to the world and to me that there are still good people you know as much as i'm like oh what's what 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 is their deal you know what i mean like when i see a good person i kind of like i don't know it, it, it's easier to know a snake because you know a snake will bite you but uh people uh i don't know i i guess uh, for my mother i'm more of a hmm uh, what's what's their deal but then they end up maybe being a good person and you're like oh there are still good people you know yeah i hear you like some of the most awful people can be the most charming the most beautiful the most liked (laughs) but again that's in every industry that's around us all the time and Mm um yeah i don't want to go around the world just being skeptical all the time i definitely have my own trust issues as a woman in this world um like your mother you know Mm -hmm. don't trust anyone but um (laughs) I feel very safe in general in the professional wrestling industry. Um, the true dark side of the ring, I had the opportunity to start working with a promotion here called Super Kicked, um, run by Chris Chambers, AKA the Half-Baked Kid. And I have to say that I've felt nothing but supported, embraced, respected, and cared for by that promotion. And um, I, really look forward to yeah i just really look forward to continuing to work with different shows i'd love to be on a tv like you know i'd love to work for impact i was trying to meet i, I gotta meet scott demore scott demore meet me um but uh, the strength my absolute strength would definitely be for the television series because i totally understand how to work the camera and that's mm-hmm. one thing that wrestling i don't know like it's it's hard because live shows never ever in my opinion trans translate well to camera it has to either be made for film or made for theater but it's like sometimes on on camera actually not 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 sometimes but always wrestling is just and we love the fact that it's just over the top and extreme and has this certain style about it. But as all art forms, like even as acting for film as an art form has changed and evolved throughout this past hundred years, I'd love to see that happen in wrestling too. I'd love to see promos and the the acting for the camera just 
step it up a little bit. I don't know. There's some people who are really great, like The Rock, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Dave Bautista is doing great as actor, mm-hmm. but um, they're. I gotta say, like, not there's not a lot of great people who understand how to work for the camera, in my opinion, and in professional wrestling. And everybody's trying to copy the WWE, and it's not. I, I kind of feel like it was so exciting when Robert Rodriguez did um, Lucha Underground. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Mm, I do recall that. You had a real A-lister, like top, like fine art art director, uh, mm-hmm. uh, director. Mm-hmm. who loves wrestling creating a show for us i just wish that still existed because he understood how to do the whole um film side of everything he understood how to get the pro like everyone to i just want to say like act better for the camera i just don't <laughs> see i just yeah anyways um i think there's still something cool there's still like I know some really cool wrestlers in the scene who want to like start their own stuff up because again, like not everything needs to be like the WWE. There are, there's so much potential in wrestling, even just as a live performance without the TV show, but as also a TV show, um, I'm excited to see something a little, little bit different. I don't know. I'm hoping to bring that energy in there. I'm hoping to bring a little bit different quality and, um, yeah, my strength would be in the, the film side. I just want to help wrestlers cut some sick ass promos, you know, <laughs> like a stable and Sherry combined. Like that's kind of, no, I, I don't completely... know what I'm saying is like, there's something slightly missing there for me that I still am like, want to see in the world. I don't know. Well- well, shockingly yeah, that, authentic or shockingly different. I just, I don't know what it is. And that makes sense from you being from both worlds. You see, well, I wish there was more of this, more of the acting in the wrestling and more of the wrestling in the acting, you know. So I could see you being actually trained in both uh, to a point of, you know, college degrees and all that, that you could actually critique it and have some knowledge to it to where it's like oh yeah no i can make this better uh if you know you had a little bit more of this over here or a little bit more of this over here because like you said uh a live show sometimes doesn't translate well to a camera show Mm -hmm. oh man that's like it sucks because i all of my work is in theater where i don't really have a lot to show sometimes we didn't even document the theater pieces properly and again even if we did just throw a camera in there and tape what i've done in live theater it just doesn't have the same effect it just doesn't you'd have to mm-hmm. be there yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what's so cool about wrestling you have to be there it's a totally different thing when you're when you're there um but yeah again i don't know uh but I'm going to just keep trying because I feel like I've got the wrestling's a world that just keeps saying yes to me. And I feel like, all right, okay, let's just keep playing. Let's keep going. Let's, uh, I don't feel like I'm clawing and like, it's an awful experience. I feel like it's been a beautiful experience, but I'm just going to keep trying. Um, 
I, yeah, I met a lot of amazing people this year. And again, Dark Side of the Ring has introduced me to some people that otherwise I probably would never have had the opportunity to get to speak to so closely. People like Chris Jericho. I talk to Chris Jericho now. And that's awesome. <laughs> like that's he great. said he doesn't have enough space on his next uh, yacht uh, cruise party or not the yacht. It's like the big like boat cruise thing mm-hmm. just happening in January. But that he would consider me for a future one, and I'm holding him to that. Um, but yeah, I people might get their wrestlers may have their nose turned up like, ugh, what's this girl doing here? Like she didn't, you know, work her way through the indie scene as a wrestler. But I'm like, yo, like I spoke whatever you were doing. I spent my whole life training and live performance, so pretty sure I deserve to be here. Um, and let's not forget that it's also entertainment at the same time. It's a beautiful, beautiful marriage of sports and entertainment. Mm-hmm. You need, we need everyone here. We can't just have everyone training to be the wrestler. You're not going to have a show if everyone's a wrestler, you know? No, no, you, um, like you said, it's a marriage. Like mm-hmm. it, it all blends together to make it, it entertaining for everyone, you know, not just the wrestling purists, but anyone who just wants to watch the uh drama of it you know because it is almost like a uh soap opera you know i and totally. sometimes it's sometimes that's the best part i uh it's like a soap it, opera it's also like rooted in like Camita del arte which is an old 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 performance style where you have like archetype characters and they travel it's a traveling show it's exactly where wrestling is and i know there's some people who are like oh, i can't stand these like people who compare professional wrestling to fine art when it's like, you know, it's like grungy, it's raw. It has nothing to do with being a fine art. And yes, yeah, there are certain parts, especially in the deathmatch scene that are totally like punk and like fuck you to like the fine art world and fuck you to like the mainstream, which I think is amazing. But also I also think that's fine art in my opinion. Well, then it's also your classic good guy versus bad guy, you know, where you it's it's almost like a comic book where you you, of course, you have the bad guy. You want to boo him. You want him to get his comeuppance. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's it's just a classic tale of good versus evil. You know, literally, that is literally the theater masks. Mm -hmm. Um uh which we which is also the nickname is the socks and boots you have the comedy and the tragedy the good the bad the face the heel that's exactly and the stories are uplifting and also tragic so uh yeah the the socks were the comedians in the old old days that's how you could tell um who was what they were in like a softer costume and then the soldiers and the warriors and everyone part of the tragic stories had like gladiator boots on. So you call them the socks and the boots, which is like the face and the heels. But this mm. definitely is a rooted in the earliest stages of performance that ever existed. Yeah, yeah it's right? amazing that you could mm. <laughs> almost like take wrestling all the way back to just mm. your your beginnings of it's amazing. Oh yeah, there's um uh just for anybody who's like a full blown nerd um who is interested in uh um philosophy 
Uh, there's an incredible, incredible book. Uh, where's my copy right here? Roland, Roland Bart, Bart, B-A-R-T-H, yes, philosopher, uh, wrote a book called Mythologies. And uh, it opens talking about, it's an opening of this book. So anyone I highly recommend, Bart's Mythologies, opens with a chapter called The Ring. And it breaks down from a philosopher's uh, perspective what wrestling is. And he, through the whole book, talks, and the whole thing's about exactly like this, like the old, old styles of performance and myths. But I think it's so interesting how he speaks about professional wrestling. And um, I highly recommend even just reading that first chapter and even the first page. Um, cool, uh, cool art. Let me see if I could share the B-A-R-T-H-E-S mythologies. But yeah, he is, yeah, read that book. He talks about wrestling in a really beautiful, beautiful way. Exactly. That's the book right there. Mm -hmm. um, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, the very, very first page opens up and he just starts the whole thing talking about wrestling, professional <laughs> wrestling specifically. So no, that's, yeah, if you want to geek out and like, that's the one right there. That's so interesting. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It, it, it just, it, it makes me laugh that as a kid, you know, it's just into wrestling, like, oh, cool. They're beating each other up. But then we, we get to this point where, you know, the curtains pulled back a little bit. We're more adult stuff like that. And there's so much more to it than just, you know, stone cold coming in and stunning everybody. And, throwing the finger and all that it's i don't is know is there much it, more i think that's everything <laughs> stone cold doing that that's it right there oh There's, yeah no it's that. just it's just so awesome you are you take the mundane of uh regular life and it is skyrocketed in this like elevated uh elevated it just elevates life it just mm -hmm. that's that's the magic of going for me as a child. Why I, when I first started to go to theater shows, it, I was on the edge of my seat. I was like, not talking. I was the most proper little girl in the audience. Just never took my eyes off the stage. Didn't even want to blink. It was crazy to me how you could take a room and tra transform it completely. So that it was even like the experience when you go into a movie, when you walk in, you're no longer thinking about your grocery list. You're no longer thinking about life anymore. You're completely transported into this mm. totally different realm and it, everything's just elevated. There's a magic to it and then you, it's done. And then you're back to reality. It's just a, I mean, my whole life I've dedicated to the arts because it's been my greatest way to, like not to say escape, but deal with the, the hard things. No, definitely, especially with the world getting harder and harder and harder to deal with, uh, with the Internet letting us know uh, every corner of the world, every bad thing that's happening. Uh, it's too much. Yeah, no, it's it like is way, way too much. much. I was going to ask you about uh, your super kicked uh, pro wrestling, the promotion that you're a part of. Uh you you 
you're on there doing what like you announce you're an announcer and uh interviewer something like that yeah so i know that super kick is really trying to push their uh, media side so i'm the first person they've ever brought in to do backstage interviewing um and that's been a really fun that's been really fun because i get to work with these awesome wrestlers and um cut promos with them um but they for the live performance um i get to co-ring announce and co-host with jason phillips who's their guy their og guy and he's got like that really big announcer voice that everyone loves right yeah. <laughs> i am trained in voice and i understand vocal training and technique and all the warm-ups and all the athleticism required to even sing and you get a lot of announcers go like samantha irving or urban and uh lillian garcia who are professional singers even the, the guy what's his name who does new japan pro wrestling like the most badass announcer voice ever he's also <laughs> in the music world so you have people who are professional singers who can do this or like um uh you have super fans like justin roberts He's just a super duper fan. He just needed to get his way in there. And he's awesome at what he does. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess in his podcast and the Chris Jericho podcast that he does with Justin Roberts, he talks about this. And it's a fascinating podcast to, to listen to how he goes about ring announcing as, as, an, as a craft. And also just how he said, like, I originally he started just pretending or playing the role of an announcer, but he found himself mimicking what had already been done so he had to find his own way and i think that's uh -huh. a, that is really what it is it's been done everything's been done like um just i i think it's interesting to take history and then turn it on its head just like i was doing with my theater company mm -hmm. the classics are out there the mythologies exist every the, the stories are written it's already there it's how we're going to tell it in a different way now um so but yeah i i love ring announcing i'd love to continue doing it um and i that yeah i definitely study a lot i listen to a lot of different even like i'm starting to listen to a lot of ufc announcers and other sports too and i actually really love the ufc um because the refs and the announcers are so sort of classy like not sort of but like extra extra classy and like extra professional and i love the juxtaposition of that and the suits against this debauchery and mm -hmm. um, that's why i like miss elizabeth she's all classy in this dress oh, she brings God. this elegance to juxtaposition the violence that is also taking place simultaneously it's really great because it can't all just be one note of just like violence 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 that's why i love certain wrestlers that are just like <laughs> doing their own thing like joe hendry do you know joe henry i don't holy no, shit name is a bell. he's so fucking good he's a he's my language he's now he's on the impact roster and he's a breath of fresh air he's not doing what everyone else is doing he's like a black belt i think he's from scotland he's a badass athlete and wrestler but he's also like musically talented writes his own writes music for other wrestlers writes his own entrance music like 
he's just a breath of fresh air. RJ City, shout out to RJ City, really close friend of mine. Um, also a breath of fresh air in the world, bringing a totally different energy that has like a positive quality to it. Cause it can't all be kill, 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 death, death, death. Like you do not appreciate dark without a lightness to compare it to. You have mm -hmm. to have the black, the white, the juxtaposition of the light and the dark. Yeah, I believe in Joe Henry. <laughs> he knows I'm a super fan too. But man, I am like, you get, he gets me out of my seat. He gets me right up, just like marking out, freaking out. Um, his new tag team, Joya, is uh Oh my lord! Um, I just highly recommend anybody looking up uh, some of. Uh, go go watch Joe Hendry. Just go watch. Uh, what am I looking for here? Um, but yeah, so he Joya is uh, Yuya, and excuse me if um, I'm pronouncing this wrong, and please definitely someone correct me. I feel bad, but um, Yuya Uyamara Uyamara Yuya Uyamara. Incredible wrestler, also on the Impact wrestler roster. Joe Hendry and Yuya together are called Joya. <laughs> that works. Okay. And I highly recommend anybody watching this. You want to see Joya. You want to see this. This is all I'm <laughs> going to tell you. It's amazing. They got, uh, so Impact was here for two nights back to back last weekend mm. um, uh, here in Toronto. And Joya got the biggest holy shit of the entire evening before they <laughs> before they even started their match. It was based on their entrance alone. <laughs> <laughs> they had the crowd. They had everyone freaking out based just on their entrance. So this is what the whistle is. This is what I like to see. I find it refreshing and different. Oh no, it's great, especially like nowadays when it's I don't know, it's hard to get over, like with uh you know, you have some people on AEW getting over on their own, but then WWE, who's trying to push certain people, but some people like LA Knight, let's say, they're they're getting over. It's just they don't, I don't know. It's not part of their agenda or something, whatever uh, WWE might be. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I just, I think people got to like wrestlers in the indie scene. Oh, man. The air show's starting here. If it gets loud you start hearing like some Top Gun airplanes happening. Right now here in Toronto, there's a big air show happening today and I can hear it. I live down where it's happening. So if it gets really loud, we might just have to end this. Oh, you're Tom good. Oh, you, you're safe around. though. You're safe okay. though, right? It's nothing yeah. like, okay. <laughs> but it sounds like, honestly, a lot of people are against the air show here because it actually does sound like a war is happening outside. Mm -hmm. It's actually quite tr uh, triggering for people who have gone experiences like that um but yeah i can hear it starting so anyways um to go back to uh yeah i feel like you just want to move differently be different do like everyone's trying to just like be what wwe is doing i just mm -hmm. i there's another i'm gonna also do a shout out to sam adonis um this is Corey graves brother who's mm -hmm. big in the triple a like big in the lucha scene in mexico such an incredible wrestler, such an incredible heel, so refreshing. Highly recommend anybody following Sam Adonis. Follow this guy. He is top tier star material and doing it completely different. 
has a excellent, excellent uh, mic skills. Um, he's a heel that you love. Like Sam Adonis mm. comes out. He does a lot of the demand lucha shows here in Toronto. Um, also, just again, like really interesting person to talk to because his ideas and like men, uh, men like thoughts around what professional wrestling is is also like very similar to mine um because he really appreciates the art of performance and the theatric quality as well and and i feel like a lot of indie wrestlers in the indie scene are just obsessed with showing off their technique and these ridiculous sequences of movements that just like don't really make a lot of sense just to prove how technical yeah sam Adonis is so great <laughs> oh man this another person i think is just so exciting and different moves different talks different does everything different um amazing heel this guy here uh i think he needs to run his own show i know he's talked about get he wants to get the funding to create his own promotion he absolutely i think any millionaires listening need to give him money to make his own thing because i want to see that i want to see whatever company he makes um because he's got like the big picture director mentality as well he's oh not really just a wrestler like he could totally mm -hmm. run an entire promotion and it could be it would be the most interesting um and fresh and fresh and new so he needs to get funding asap for that um but uh man i'm also losing my train of thought <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I, the indie scene is obsessed with, that's what I was saying, they're obsessed with showing off their technique and their technical flips and skills, and that's great and everything, but they're not putting enough work into their character, their promos, what makes them walk and talk and move different. That's, yeah. The, but that's the what Sam Adonis is doing. The motivation. And, and, and I wanted to kind of like, uh, touch on that I know uh, on on the Twitter the other day I had saw you tweet about uh you know these wrestlers kind of like how you just said not putting in the effort they just kind of show up well, they're they putting in effort I mean they're really really getting wild there with all their tricks and skills and techniques I feel like that's effort sorry to cut you off but mm -hmm. no the focus I don't think is uh needs to be that like you have the technique the focus needs to be like your performance side yeah and, and i know you were saying you know you you personally don't want to go the route of being a professional wrestler but you are trained in all of that which uh goes to show you you do care about the business whereas you have you know some of these uh quote unquote you know wrestlers who want to kind of fast track their way in think, like well, i was talking to you the other day like they think they could take a light bulb or they know how to do like a super kick and it's like oh i'm a wrestler now uh mm -hmm. or i i wear a luchador mask mm -hmm. oh i'm a wrestler now you know uh mm -hmm. what what kind of like pushed you to voice your thoughts on that and you know what would you say to like someone who wants to try to fast track their way or you know kind of uh expedite it you know what i mean like go yeah. go go the short route you know um well i what i'm kind of like jim Cornette in a way where i'm just gonna say how i feel i don't really have to think too much about maybe i need to think too, a little more before i just voice my opinions but it's my social media if you follow me 
you're just gonna get what I my opinions. Yeah. Um, if no, you don't like them, don't follow me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do critique performance because that's what I do. I even critique the fashion as a style. Like I, I think your whole style needs to be awesome as well. Like you can have technique, but you could also just dress like you're, you you don't even have your look. Like Stone Cold when he went from Hollywood Blonde to the Stone Cold we know, game changer. That was his mm -hmm. look, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, what was I answering again? <laughs> well, it's like the, you know, I, I know you are trained in, in that, like the, the acting, the wrestling, you really put in the hours to actually care about it. So I feel like you have a little bit more say to critique these wrestlers uh, again i say quote unquote wrestlers mm -hmm. who want to come in and kind of fast track right. their way yeah yes. to the sorry to that's the what we were talking about yeah i think because i've watched so much indie wrestling since like long before the pandemic actually i think it's amazing in the past five years there's been such a renaissance ever since AEW started in 2018 it's been new wrestling fans are popping up left right and center and i absolutely love it i'm seeing people who kind of liked it they're getting back into it grew up with it but never really but then are now getting back into it like at the impact show the other uh last week there was a couple guys sitting near me who this was like their second show but they remember it from childhood but there's a lot of new found born again fans mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is awesome but i've because i've seen so much i don't know it's like there's good and bad in every indie scene some of the best musicians you're ever going to hear are going to be in the indie scene also mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of trash too that's mm -hmm. just like the professional wrestling so the greatest like i say madonna should be famous and he should be literally running his own show um but he's not on wwe so mainstream doesn't really really it's not a household name but again an example of people in the indie scene that are incredible but yeah there's and there's also shit and i i just critique because I can't help it. I watch a live show and because I know what it is to do a live show, I can definitely say what I don't, what I like or don't like. And or I really like to think a lot about what is it that I didn't really like about that. In fact, I kind of at one point wanted to go back to school to study criticism. And that's so funny because the arts, like criti the criti critics are like their biggest enemy. But that's because here in the Western world, people roll out of bed and decide that they're going to be an art critic. Like, oh, one day I'm just, I decide I'm going <laughs> to critique theater now. And uh -huh. they don't have any real training. But in Europe, you have to go to university to become a critic. You have to be like heavily, heavily knowledgeable of the history of whatever the hell you're critiquing. And that makes too much sense. <laughs> I yeah, think. and you need to like have like, so if I had more skill and able to like speak, I, I could, I think, be a great critic. I just don't, I don't really, I kind of feel like I'd like to do a course to understand that more, but um, crit critics should always be bringing people to the seats, never deterring them from the seats. But at the same time, critics, like some of them, absolute trash. You're just giving me a, syn a synopsis of what's happening. And then others are like really cool because they understand with great knowledge, this uh, a subject matters. So for me, I critique it based on my knowledge of my subject being performing arts. 
and um yeah i just uh i just i'm just uh i just observe the indie scene enough to be able to say like uh, just to make those observations and yeah i don't really know what i'm saying but yeah i no i i like can't that help, you... i can't help but critique it you know <laughs> no i, I like but... that you you are trained in uh theater so you can essentially critique the theater aspect of it mm -hmm. to a degree where it's it, it's valid. You know what I mean? As far as you put in the hours also as wrestling training, uh, of course, you know, maybe you you uh, may critique it not as much as you would the the theater aspect of it, because, of course, that's where you you're rooted in. But then you have someone like Jim Cornette, who's just critiquing the wrestling mm -hmm. and he you know he not only is he talking mad shit about it in a hilarious way but he's also giving his how he would do it better uh how how things would be better if it were like this and it's it's constructive criticism you know it's not just mm -hmm. shitting on the product to where mm -hmm. well unless unless it deserves it i he, he well, does go to come... the from a love and a passion and a joy. Mm -hmm. we, it's not coming from wanting to rip it apart. Man, I really want to meet him. He's just like, he's an historian is what he is. Mm -hmm. He just knows so much. Well, he's such a big like, part of, he, he was a big part of creating like the history of it, you know, like he's a part of it. Uh, it's, it's amazing, you know, and I remember always mm -hmm. watching him as a kid and you're like, ah, he's just a, uh, a rich jerk kid with a racket or whatever and now i watch him as a valid critic you know to the industry and it's like wow like i i don't know it's amazing he he was a, he was a part of like you know he was at every uh i don't it seemed like he was at every event like at every part of the wrestling industry you know from the beginning to the middle to now so he, he knows, knows all what about works. It. He just yeah. knows what is going to work. Like, that's mm -hmm. why I'd love to meet him because I feel like he could help form, help as a coach in a way. I work really well with um, directors and coaches. Uh, being in theater, I, could, I never made it alone. I never did one woman shows that I directed or did by myself. I always worked in collaboration with a team. I always worked under the direction of someone I trusted. So... I thrive like that. I thrive when I have a mentor or a coach or a director. Right now, I'm a little bit lost in an uncomfortable place because I don't have someone in the wrestling world who's my mentor coach. I'm kind of mm. just here by myself trying to do everything alone. Mm -hmm. um, but like when I worked with Tatiana, it's great because the performer at the end of the day, the actor, has to, they can't see them, watch, watch themselves at the end of the day. They need to work under the direction of a person they can trust who pushes them. Like, so working with Jim Cornette, he gave you, like he gave Tammy something that would work for her and she thrived with it because he yeah. knew how to guide her and he knew how to coach her. With her and strengths and everything. Be my coach, but Jim Cornette, be my coach. Please <laughs> tell me, help me, like, you know. But yeah, he, funny enough, there's one of the actors, one of the, not actors, one of the wrestlers on Dark Side of the Ring, my friend, 
uh, Ryan Donovan, who played Jeff Jarrett. He is so hilarious, so funny to work with, but he's a guy who always has Jim Cornette's show playing 24-7 in his car. He, <laughs> he, had to, he helped drive me home one day from set. And he's like, oh yeah, I just always have Jim playing in the background. He's kind of like a relaxing sound. It's like, <laughs> I love how that's his like relaxing background music. It's just the sweet, his, sweet sounds of Jim Cornette's voice. His white noise. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> his white noise. Too. <laughs> that's his default. Just like, he just doesn't even listen. He just needs to have him kind of there. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know? I was like, that's hilarious. And I'm sorry to keep you, you know, as long as uh, I've been oh, keeping you. Yeah. I, you, I just want to show everyone my shirt, by the way. <laughs> because I can't believe this. I feel like I am the reason why Rodzilla came back. Rodzilla made a comeback this past weekend on AEW in Chicago. And it's crazy because less than two weeks ago. Okay. I had no idea that anyone in the wrestling scene was even talking about Dennis Rodman and no or, I, I never saw either. anybody asking mm -mm. for him to come back mm -mm. I just one mm -mm. day was like you know what I got this sick vintage shirt and I was like we need Rodzilla back and I made a <laughs> post about it and you can see you can follow me and I and I was like you can see my tweets I'm like we need Rodzilla and then what the hell literally less two less than two weeks later it happened uh -huh. I'm like actually still kind of, I, I'm so shocked because <laughs> that's such a crazy synchronicity. If it wasn't like, you know, secretly, I want to believe that he saw my comment because I commented on one of Dennis Rodman's posts like two weeks, two weeks ago being like, we want you back in professional wrestling, professional wrestling needs you back. And I guess things can happen pretty fast. Again, I'd like to believe it was because of me, but he's back. It's amazing. It was so know. random. Like it's not like so he's random. even. It's not like he's even topical right now. And it's no. like, oh, let's bring him back to it, with the uh, scissor, scissor me, daddy, and all that. <laughs> scissor me, daddy like... is so fun. Like that oh, yeah. is my favorite part of the AEW shows. Uh, actually, when they came to Toronto for the first or Canada, Canada for their first time ever last year, scissor me, daddy was definitely the, that was the. That was the star of the show right there. Everyone in the audience had scissors, like chanting. Um, at, yeah, that was, um, oh man, the planes. I don't know if you can hear them. I'm, getting, I'm just distracted because it's like crazy military uh -huh. planes are flying over my house right now for this crazy air show happening on Labor Day here. Um, but yeah, well, I wasn't sure that. if uh, Canada did Labor Day. I don't know why I thought. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if they Day. did. Uh, Everything's closed. You know, um, it's a beautiful sunny day. Blue skies. It's gonna be like thirty degrees this week. I'm probably gonna get myself. There's a Toronto Island has a really nice beach here, so I'm probably gonna get there. Um, but yeah, I just think it's wild that Dennis Rodman did an AEW show less than two weeks after I was blasting on socials about how we needed him back. And I honestly, I feel like I follow everyone that I should follow in professional wrestling. And if I don't follow someone, tell me who they are. I need to, like, I really try to just stock up on like the best accounts I can. And I didn't see anybody, not a single word, a single peep 
Nobody talked to the Rodzilla, only me. And then it happened. So thank you're welcome, everyone. <laughs> you're all welcome. I'm so no, happy. I'd love to. Yeah. He's, he's, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm from San Antonio. So when he was part of the Spurs, he was like a big deal. Cause he was so uh, like controversial. Like he just did whatever he wanted, you know? And then part of the bulls that. too, when he was part of the bulls and he would just kind of go do whatever he wanted to. And it's just like, man, you can't do that nowadays. Uh, go to I Vegas for a week, but he's, he's great. No, he, he's ahead of his time. Very much ahead like, of its time. The fashion industry bows down to him. The queer community, thank you so much. He's been mm -hmm. such a, a perfect, wonderful, amazing, supportive like advocate for for the queer community, and and then the wrestling community love you. The and then obviously the, the sports community. He's just a hero in so many different. And he um, was even communities. trying to be. He was just like. It wasn't out of shock or anything. He just felt like wearing a wedding dress or mm -hmm. doing this or that. He's just like stepping out. You know, he's he's doing it. his own That's thing. It's it just like if I could meet him, that would also be really, 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 really awesome. Because I'm so grateful to him for everything he's done. And I'm so endlessly inspired. So, yeah, that's why I rock this because he's a great inspiration. And... His involvement in New World Order and professional wrestling is so important and so mm -hmm. cool. So, mm -hmm. you know, do yourself a favor and go Google Google Dennis, uh, Rodzilla New World Order and enjoy all the stuff that comes up. Yeah, just as important as uh, Mike Tyson with DX. Definitely, mm -hmm. he, he was very important there. Uh, I was going to ask you, you know, I saw one of your posts. Uh, again, I don't mean to go, like, to your posts again, like some sort of... Uh, no, Stalker, please do. But... That's what they're out there for. That's why I put that out there for everyone. I, I, I saw you uh, You wanted to bring back bikini contests, and it made me laugh, you know, because, uh, you know, yeah. I was I grew up it with the whole... It makes people so mad. <laughs> I grew up with the whole, oh, it's the puppies, JR, the puppies, you know, with oh the, the king and all the that. The king is yeah. so, like, wow, the fact that he, like, the king... Yeah, people, oh man, they can't talk like that anymore. No, <laughs> but, no. Way. But at the same time, it was it was entertainment. And he um helped these characters like Sable by playing that part. The whole, oh my god, shut up, I'm reading. Shut up, I'm reading with the Playboy with, with Sable. <laughs> um honestly, I have no problem with that. It's entertainment, it's a character, it's happy. I personally don't find um the Attitude Era Divas belittling to women in any way. I think it's the exact opposite. I think it's super empowering. If the patriarchy in society doesn't want to see women dancing around in bikinis being hyper, hyper feminine, then I want to do that even more. I want to do that even more. <laughs> if you're so upset about whatever Sable did, then I want that to happen again. I want the bikini contest because I love that history in in wrestling, especially in the Attitude Era. I love that. That was a thing. And I just love how angry it makes people. It, they just get up in arms. All these like old-fashioned feminists think it's such a bad image for women. And I'm like, no, I don't need to act like a man, be more like a man, dress like a man, and fight like a man to be important. I can also be the exact... I can also be hyper, hyper, hyper over-the-top feminine and shove that in your face.
and and not do like I don't know I don't think every woman in professional wrestling needs to be like a Becky Lynch like no, I think of that course. you can totally do what these disables were doing like that's my greatest inspiration and yeah and she was like a badass i feel like vince mcmahon never told her to do anything she didn't want to do i think she did everything that she wanted to do just like dennis rodman <laughs> and then like man i guess you're not really supposed to mention her name in wrestling anymore i guess it's like her name has been like uh it's like i don't know i, I that's what i heard i heard that for like Hall of Fame speeches and stuff, you just cannot speak Sable because of the whole 1999 suit, like she took them to court for sexual mm. harassment, millions and millions of dollars suing the WWE. And I think that actually should be a Dark Side of the Ring episode. And 100% I will play Sable in that. Um, <laughs> just the whole cases around like her story and the sexual harassment. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. Scandals in the court case. But I think she was a bad ass and I want to see that kind of energy again. Like anyone gets upset about it makes me want to do it more. But yeah, because no, contest, let's do it. Because where Sable was, there was more of these like hot, like over the top extreme women. Oh yeah. You had um, Keebler, Keebler with the legs. Oh my God. Stacey Keebler, those long yeah. legs and uh, Sable. Trish Stratus. I mean, she's making well, her come. Jacqueline is what Jacqueline. I was thinking of with Sable because wherever Sable was, there was going to be Jacqueline, and you knew you were going to. I don't know. She just brought another like flavor and fun to the show. You know, mm -hmm. yeah. And Stacey Keebler, she was a fan that became that got in and was asked. I mean, Tori Wilson too. They were just asked to ballet at first, and then they became stars, and I love mm -hmm. it. And I know that there's, you know, I was lucky enough to meet Trish Stratus. Uh, this summer here in, in when, on her visit to Niagara and she spent a lot of time talking to me and it was really lovely and she had like a real she really treated me like a sister and I told her what I did and I told her what I how I was getting into the world and and I feel like she saw a little bit of herself in me or at least I'd like to think that because I know that she got a lot of heat from some of the female wrestlers and and WWE when she started because she wasn't a wrestler, she was a fitness model. And people thought, oh, she doesn't deserve to be here. Who is she? What is she doing? Mm. But then again, like I said earlier, and I keep repeating, not every single person entering that world needs to be a wrestler. Well, that's you the same with uh, like Mark Henry or uh, Kurt Angle. They were like Olympic wrestlers, and oh, then they got, too. they kind of got fast tracked. You know, especially Mark Henry, I think they just like signed a contract with him like that. And of course, people were like, oh, why? Why is he getting that? I think he got like a 10 year deal for 10 million or something just because he was the world's strongest man, you know. And I mean, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really talk about the fast tracking thing. I forgot to answer that question. But like, I mean, seeing people like Ronda Rousey and Justin and Duke, it's great. It's great. I love that. I love the connections with MMA and UFC and all the, I think that's awesome, all the crossover. Um, mm -hmm. But for fast tracking, uh, yeah, it's true. I actually, I forgot to answer part of that question. I've seen people suddenly, all of a sudden, out of absolute nowhere, get into wrestling because it's a way to fame, perhaps. 
that nothing else works for them and this is how they're going to get famous maybe they don't even care about wrestling in fact it's unfortunately the truth that a lot of people in wrestling don't give a shit about wrestling they just want to get famous um or fast track themselves through like i've i've seen people who have zero they never were involved in the indie scene they never ever ever even talked or spoke or posted about wrestling before um suddenly like get into it with no athletic history and went to like a studied at like some sort of dojo for like a year and now all of a sudden they're like a professional wrestler and there's part of that i'm just like i don't know how sustainable that's going to be it's that's a little mm -hmm. too fast tracky for mm -hmm. me and you also it's not just about being a fan like i'm not saying you had to have been a fan your whole life you could have absolutely decided later on in life that you love this that's great but it never like you cannot replace actual time and experience so kurt angle actually does have time and experience in the sport oh yeah right mm, you can't yeah. really replace that like you have a lot of professors, you even have professors, like my my teacher, my mentor, Tatiana Jennings, she didn't go to school to be a teacher. She just had so much insane experience in theater that she just deserves to teach it. Like Kurt Angle put so much work into to that. He, he deserves to be there. <laughs> like, I mean, mm -hmm. he also is great, but like. Uh, but he did put in, the, he did put in the work too, like, Oh, Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He oh, yeah. Totally created a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do see some some people in the indie scene where it doesn't feel super authentic to me. It seems really surface. I don't know what or why, like, because they've just kind of popped out of nowhere. And like, there's some indie wrestlers that like, I don't know. I'm not even gonna go. I just yeah. Some some people. Um, set like fast tracking themselves i don't know how to answer this question because yeah um, no i, I, I don't get know you. how to answer the question <laughs> without no, without trying. being mean <laughs> i don't want to be no. an yeah i mean no i i get you um and how'd you feel about trish stratus coming back you know she i don't think she had anything to prove as far as uh, you know, she was already a legend. She's in the Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. And now she looks better than she did before. It's She's crazy. Ever. It's absolutely yeah. insane. I'm like, yeah. wow, bow down. Like, yeah. Do you, do you think she came back? Like, do you think she wanted to prove that she could wrestle? Or if, what, what do you think her, her, I, I don't mean for you to think her, what mm -hmm. she's thinking or try to like you know inhabit her mind but why do you think she maybe came back was it like oh hey there's a paycheck or i, I want to prove to people that i can wrestle and i want to have this uh match with uh becky lynch in a cage jeez i was That's like so jesus good. dude well i mean she was she already did start she already was wrestling um back in the 90s but she and yeah, like I would love to, like I said, train enough to be able to do some cool spots as a manager. But I think just she genuinely loves it. That's, that's mm -hmm. her community. That's her best friend, like Lita. And like, uh, I got to meet Lita too. And my only answer to that is 
I don't think it's, I mean, yes, we definitely love paychecks, but I do think oh, she's yeah. just really gifted there. And that's, um, she's such a great leader and role model for women. And I think she knows the industry so well that she, like, I mean, I guess Shawn Michaels is now in charge of the NXT talent. Um, mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to talk to him too <laughs> about oh, yeah. a position. But <laughs> these are people who understand the industry and you can't take that experience from them. And I just think at the end of the day, when I watch Trish, she, and even the way she is with her fans, she's just coming from a genuine love of it. Just, she just is, it's a passion. And that's what I see. I don't see any other reason other than she genuinely loves what she's doing. And that's why she's so great at it. Uh, but yeah, it trips me out how she looks better than ever. And how, how many years ago was that where she looked like, oh my God, like so yeah. sexy. So everything. And now she's as fit, geez, as, as she's think, ever been. Totally. And there is, and she does have something to prove. And I think that's amazing as a woman post 30, because in the world today, if you're older than Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio's tastes, it's like <laughs> you're a haggard old lady. And it's like, it's so, you know, it's so fucking awesome to see a woman so just like, she's just starting from fresh again. Who knows how long we're going to see this run go? Like, and I love that you can start in your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. I don't even care. Like, shove it in especially like she's shoving her um power and strength and like into the face of this society and having something to prove yeah proving that being a certain too old age a woman especially uh can be a sex symbol can be um the strongest can be the leader can be the fiercest can be the one that everyone is still chanting the name of like thank you trish thank you trish stratus as a woman i thank her for this so yeah she does have something to prove and she's doing it and yeah it comes from her heart and you could tell she's mm -hmm. putting in the work she's she i saw some of that match uh with her and becky lynch and it's like dang it, it looked good like it does consider. look good she's great yeah, yeah. she's amazing yeah trish stratus i hope i'll get to meet her again really and my fellow canadians um, <laughs> and it's so fun when people tell me that i kind of they were I, they, I remind her uh re remind them of her I, I remember at the aew shows last year when they came for their first time um this sweet family um this husband and wife and their daughter sat in front of me both nights just by chance like we didn't even plan this i had different seats and both nights i sat behind these people these love mm. this lovely family and both nights they were like or, or the second night they were like hey we wanted to tell you but the first night we thought you looked like trish stratus and we just want to tell you again like you look like trish stratus <laughs> i don't know i was dressed <laughs> in a certain way but it was just so i was so happy i was like that is the highest compliment guys thank you so much like what a, you just told me i was like the hot ass bitch trish stratus but yeah that made me happy so maybe you know, I can maybe play her younger sister one day or something. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. <laughs> and, something, I don't know. 
So, and this is kind of like uh, an oddball question. Uh, I know acting's your passion, you're trained and all that. What are your opinions on AI and the way it's going right now with the whole script writing, the CGI? Uh, have you ever used it? Do you plan to ever utilize it? Do you think it's a, a bane to society or to your you know passion your career do you think uh that's gonna what are your opinions on it on artificial intelligence i think it's amazing i i worked with a woman so tatiana was really really into like digital futuristic art and like we did a lot of like shows that required 3d mapping and a lot of really cool technology um in fact my director tatiana studied at ocad which is the art um one of the biggest art schools here um the Ontario College of Art and Design, I believe that's what it stands for. And she studied a program called Digital Futures, which she then brought into our work, which is like, you know, the gloves that when you move it, it like changes the music or the sounds like, but that's not AI, mm -hmm. but like just in general technology, I absolutely love it. I just feel like, so like for artificial intelligence, helping with design, amazing. We can use this to assist in our, in our creative design but when it completely controls it no like i 100 percent stand with the actors fighting for the rights 100 percent stand for the writers who are not being paid enough first of all it's just the writers are just not being paid enough period and mm -hmm. the ceos and the heads of and the in hollywood are making way too much money to make that okay mm. um but the actors are concerned with AI because yes, now we have the technology to take uh, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's face and put it on a younger body and that looks realistic. And now we can kind of do that with anyone. And that's mm -hmm. like, no, not okay. I'm not okay with that. And I'll, I don't know, too much CGI and too much, like, I, I don't think it looks good anyways. It's just like, I love the original Blade Runner. I love like real set, real puppetry, real lighting. I don't, it has a quality that is irreplaceable. Mm -hmm. Like even Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth, you get a little bit of CGI, I guess, with the, or the eyeball on the hands, but most of what he's doing is real puppet, real lighting, real set, everything's real. Like he Pract made it. Practical and Yeah, all that. it's not yeah. based out of CGI. And I think that personally, aesthetically, and artistically, I have so much respect for people like Guillermo del Toro, who I'd also love to work with, who's also in Toronto, who I hope I can work with someday. Oh, um, wow. There's a lot of people up there in Toronto, huh? Jeez. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro. Uh, he is, yeah. So again, he, uh, I don't know, um, I guess to, for people who don't really understand what the actors are so upset about regarding AI, um, the best way to explain it is in the Black Mirror episode that has recently come out called um, Joan is Awful. I think that's what the episode's called, mm -hmm. Sama Hayek. Um, it kind of explains what's going on there with AI taking over actors and the acting like, yeah, it's pretty scary. My answer is technology is amazing and beautiful and I think artificial intelligence is an excellent tool that we can use, but it's not okay if it's completely taking over an actor's job. Like, I'm not even interested in that. I'm not even in, like, 
Let's not, let's see. Let's see how it goes. Let's actually yeah, see yeah. how that goes. And it's not going to be sustainable because you cannot truly recreate the authenticity of a living human, breathing human being. Like, so I hundred percent stand with all of the, the strikes that are happening. But that means that we have no union films being filmed right now. Thank God, Dark Side of the Ring is still able to be was was still able to happen this year. Um, but yeah, it's been a quiet summer here in Toronto. Usually, you have a shit ton of actors in the city. A lot of people here. Like it's it's really fun when it's when the strikes aren't happening. Um, but I don't really, I don't mind the hold if it means saving this industry from crumbling because of artificial intelligence. Well, that, and they have a very valid argument. Like you said, they're, they're making pennies to, uh, these CEOs that are making billions, billions. probably. And, and all they want, all they want is like a few more pennies. Like, oh, yeah. in, in all honesty, um, <laughs> my little earpiece just died. So I hope you can still hear me. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. The. I guess. Uh, A twenty four, the, indie film. Like so, I guess they actually, um, agreed to, the conditions that the people on strike, uh, the writers and the actors were asking for. So if a smaller independent, and even though they're a really big company can do this, why can't the bigger ones do this, right? Like it's they're really not asking for a lot. It's just a mm -hmm. shitty power um, it's game greed. right now. It's just greed, yeah. So yeah, it is pretty scary, but it's also like, why are you picking a fight with the most known faces who are very, very, very good at speaking in the world. Like you're picking a fight with A-list actors here. It's not, not a good fight, uh, not a good choice. Mm -hmm. People with great followings, great speaking skills, well-known faces and names. So you're just making yourself, they're just making themselves look silly. So I guess it's like over a hundred days now the strike's been going, so. Jeez. But I do look forward to that lifting and I really look forward to people I really hope, really hope that we, the writers and the actors, get what they want. There's an airplane. Um, Cause yeah, I really want some. I want to. I want it to be alive again. I want films to be happening again. I want to have those people in the city again. I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah. No, definitely. I hope they get what they deserve you know like because they deserve it <laughs> they they they're literally the uh backbone the backstage all that you know what i mean like an actor is scary own. though like an ai uh program can like write an entire like fully detailed story now they can create full images it's really crazy but again that technology is awesome it just needs to be used in a way that compliments and a like real human being creation and real yeah. writing like yeah it's the not tool. replacing it's it's a tool it's not a full machine and i i always hearken uh ai to because i've heard the ai write a joke and it writes it it knows how to write a joke but it doesn't know why it's funny you know what mm -hmm. i mean like it's there's that. no 
there's no soul to it. If, no if, soul. You know, if you want to go that route with souls and stuff like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I feel. You can never, uh, the AI will never know human, the pain of human existence. Mm -hmm. It won't know no. truly the joy or pain of human, yeah. the complexities of what it is to be alive. So it's just going to be flat and empty really. And I hope, and I just, yeah, I just, I don't want to see that happening for mainstream movies and television series. It's just going to be a bunch of trash. We're just going to be subjected to a bunch of trash if that's the route we're going here. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's already, there's and like relying on artificial intelligence, like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> there's already enough trash too. That's allowed on TV that, oh, <laughs> for it to get Getting even trash. trashier. Just gonna get worse. And and last last question. Uh and again, you don't need you don't need to answer this. I just thought it'd be uh something to to talk to you about. Uh what's your opinion on CM Punk? Uh I know that's the big deal right now. Uh are you on his side? Are you on I guess quote unquote the elite side? Do you think Tony Khan kind of went a little too uh my I I fear for my life? uh to, you know how do you feel about that honestly um as a woman it's really 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 hard for me to pretend a lot of the shitty things he said about women in the in the past uh don't exist like there's recordings of cm punk talking about of the bikini girl i don't know if you want to google this but there's like he's ripping like in the worst most misogynistic shitty way ripping apart and belittling this woman that would like he refers to her as the bikini girl so one of my friends a female and uh female uh wrestling fan that i'm friends with brought this to my attention and since i noticed that it was i was like man i really can't erase this from my brain now so once I watched CM Punk talking about this bikini girl, I was like, wow, this guy just doesn't respect women. He's actually like, in my opinion, like must be a piece of shit if that's how you want to talk about women. And sure, it's the past. And sure, maybe he's different now, but I've never really heard him, you know, talk about that or apologize about for that. So it's of no surprise that he's rubbed many people in the world the wrong way. And I am on the elite side and I believe they made the right decision. Um, I haven't followed all the details regarding this. I've never been a massive CM Punk fan, to be honest. I just, as a woman, don't feel like it. Again, it's really hard to see some footage of the way he speaks of women, especially the bikini girl, and then be on his side. I just... I mean, maybe he's, you know, important for the work he's done, um, but I just don't have respect after that. And I have a feeling the elite um, knows even more that than they're not telling us. Perhaps they haven't exposed everything, but I have, a, you know, if, Tom, if Tony Khan says he felt like his life was in danger, I don't. I, I think you're a shitty person if you don't believe him or make fun of him for saying that. It takes a lot for a man in today's world to come across as weak and say he was scared. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm 
I think that that's actually really important that men can be vocal about this and not try to play tough and not try to play I wasn't afraid. Um, my, I just, I, I, I believe that they made the right decision. I feel like wherever CM Punk's involved, it's just like bad energy. And I don't, in wrestling, yes, we have a show of violence, but I don't want the behind the scenes to feel violent for people, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I, especially as a woman, again, the bikini girl way he spoke about her, that was violent to me as a woman. It makes me feel super uncomfortable. So no, I'm not a massive, and I'm not really, no, I'm not on his side. <laughs> Yeah, I see a, a I see a quote here, CM Punk. The point is, and you know this sounds real degrading, but like most women in the business are rats. You know, I mean that's a hard fact of life that you eventually realize. And it was like she got in the business, and at the time she was like, "Oh, I want to be a wrestler. I want to train." I never saw her get in the ring. You know, like it just never happened. And when we did get in the ring, all it took was a good forearm shot, and then that was it. She was done. She was always kind of kept. It, her in check, Colt Cabana starts laughing, but she would be bikini girl. She would wear a bikini, walk around the ring when the show started and take people's ring jackets and, you know, sunglasses. So, yeah. He, I, he said that they used her to be the driver. Like, he said they used this girl just to drive them around. They didn't even know her name. He didn't, he refused to even get to know her actual name. He just called her that. And I think another thing he kind of alluded to, like, everybody just wanted to fuck her and she kind of was just like this i just felt like she was he talked about her in this belittling manner and in my opinion he painted a picture that they used her for driving around and used her for like sexual stuff like I don't, yeah it didn't yeah, I, as soon I, as i, I Gro saw groping this, groping and gas and yeah so yeah. it really just hundred percent left a really gross bad taste in my mouth i do not like think it's masculine or manly or cool at all to degrade to talk in such a degrading way towards women so yeah why i want to bring bikini contests back is another reason is because i want to be i want to like take the bikini girl and make her important where she was made to be so but like like a piece of trash mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the mouth of CM Punk. Like, I just can't get rid of that footage out of my head. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, no, no, I completely understand from that yeah. point of view. And you know, it, I, I, I might've heard this story vaguely. I, whenever you mentioned it, I'm like, okay, I, I see the shoot interview video. So I kind of recall it, but yeah, that's, obviously kind of been buried with all these other controversies going yeah. on Just nowadays like, kind of like bad energy too much yeah. with that one so i'll to answer your question say that i'm on the elite side and uh do you think uh maybe you could play uh karen jarrett when it gets to the dark side of the ring uh <sighs> cm punk <laughs> i would love to just throw a wig on me just throw a wig on me i'll do that's what they do too the costume of wig department's outrageous that's like the most fun the fun most fun part on that set is the costume department i just like want to hang out there they're the coolest girls they have like the rick flair the road warriors they have like the craziest 
you just it's like a magical land um <laughs> if they threw a wig on me i'd play karen jaren i'd be so honored to do that you could um, do the texas chainsaw massacre match where she just got blood mm -hmm. all over her and everything Sick. <laughs> oh yeah she's great i love her she's she's really great i'd love to meet her too she's very attractive too and uh so hot like very like in a business way you know mm -hmm. the way she carries herself it's i don't know she's a valet like it, it, yeah i, I know. see she her has the and professionalism I'm like, and she puts on the like clean management uh role mm -hmm. but she's fully understands um, it's like sexy business you know like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's still, yeah yeah if, if that's still around and jeff but Jarrett again, like is, i was is, saying like uh -huh. the look of being so clean cut and put together and this like business look is so punk and badass to me it's actually in the punk scene you see a lot of takes on the wall street business look but they'll you know grunge it out or like fuck it up um like business ties and suits but then like piercings and tattoos and the like um it's like a fuck you to the wall the wall street business men but <laughs> in wrestling it's such a like I, i'm repeating myself but it's such a great juxtaposition to have this clean cut image inside of a violent debauchery of like chaotic explosive yeah violence <laughs> so mm -hmm. i love that because it's it's cool it's like it adds class and structure and it's fun yeah because she's carrying herself like a businesswoman very sexy business but then hitting people with guitars mm -hmm. and i love it taking uh hair bumps you know the the hair pullings and all that it's i don't know she she knows how, how did how did i'd be love her to character. train me actually she yeah. is yeah um i fully 100 love when she's out there um, yeah she looks like she knows like a lot of about the business like a lot of aspects not just one or two things she looks like she actually cares about it and then jeff jarrett looks better than ever too like mm -hmm. the these older guys even billy gunn i'm like god how how do you look better than you did in the Attitude Era, like now, you know? It's Seriously. crazy. Yeah, Tommy Dreamer just did the last in, was uh, the last Impact shows that here, happened here last weekend. Um, his whole speech that he did, if anyone watches that, he really talks about ageism in the industry. And I think he spoke so eloquently about that, being an older person and being shit on for the weight that he's been he's put on and for his age. And I actually think the um, all of all of the words that he had regarding that um, it, it was the emergent show, I believe, um, on August twenty was it eighth? Anyways, it was the last show they just did in Toronto here last week um, on the twenty eighth of the Monday mm -hmm. was. I think people should listen to that. I actually thought it was really well uh, said, and I and it speaks to exactly to that, like um, the older guys that are still going, and they totally should be. I think it's awesome. They're killing it. They're 
amazing. Jeff Jarrett uh, does look better than ever. And Karen Jarrett's such a badass and they're not like 20 years old. And I'm kind of sick and tired of everybody being 20 years old. Like I don't need all of the stars to be children. <laughs> I just don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, no, we, we need, know. we need some of that old blood in there that mm. know, you know, know how to talk through a match. Cause you have like, what, what do they call it? Where it's scripted now, where they run through it in the back or whatever. Mm -hmm. But these are the athletes that know how to like, oh, let's call an audible because uh, something happened. You, you're you injured. Oh, let's change it up. Oh, the crowd is acting different. Let's do this spot instead of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a lost art, really. Uh, they know. Yeah, exactly. They know how to work the energy they get from a crowd and they're always going to be different. That's the really cool thing about live performance is it's so heavily based on the audience energy. Yeah, let's mm -hmm. say you have like, let's say I've done shows where there's not even a lot of people, but you still give 100%. You never do less because there's less people. The show never is less, but um, the energy will, you, you could do the same, like for me in theater, we had the same thing that we would do every night or for the whole run for like a month but every show would be different because you're constantly evolving, working little details, um, and the audience is gonna be different every single night. So let's say I'm not allowed to completely change my spot. I'm not allowed to completely change, but I can approach it with, like, um, I always feel like a good trick if you feel like you're losing your audience's attention is to get way more specific and way more technically detailed and get like, I don't know what it is. Uh, there's like a, it's hard to explain the way to, <laughs> to get your and, audience's and, attention. And, and the way you're describing, is it like in the wrestling ring or in the theater? Like what? what? Yes, I don't know. It's, it's like a, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like it's like a mental challenge when, because you, you might think you did a great show when it wasn't. You might think you did a bad show when it was great. You never know how to judge yourself as the performer. I just feel like as for the audience energy, yeah, you have to be so aware of when you're losing them or not. And you do change your movement and your energy and your way or like the delivery of your line. Things will change based on the state of your audience. And wrestling is the very, it's probably the only sport or show or entertainment uh or production that <laughs> the audience is its own character the audience oh, yeah. is so important i've never seen an audience be more important in anything than it is in professional wrestling mm -hmm. they are a part of the show the wrestling fans they they have it's so fun because they have their bunch of chants and things that they do there's something there's a role for them you don't just sit there it's so fun actually so wrestling fans and the audience is literally like one of the most important aspects of the whole show mm -hmm. but yeah no, like, it, knowing that how was to definitely that was def that was definitely made uh apparent during the pandemic when you couldn't really have crowds or uh in wwe you had those screens or whatever which they tried but 
yeah, no, the they remember were the screens? That's so funny. They you they had the screens like, and they yeah. were piped piping in the the cheers and the the yeah. the booze and all that and it's like i don't know they just... did though that's such a weird time in wrestling history uh -huh. the pandemic wrestling uh-huh it, it is very they tried I'll, I'll give them that but it was something like you, you tried you know mm. you you held on you held on and then you know persevered but yeah, that's was... so crazy to think about. I just thinking about it again, like I'm only recently has the masks been lifted in the production of film and TV. Like even when we, when we first started filming Dark Side of the Ring earlier this year, everyone had to wear masks except for the actors. Still really, really strict in those industries. Um, but yeah, the fact that they still they did pandemic like social distance wrestling shows is crazy to mm -hmm. think about. Mm -hmm. I love that they tried that. And I love what what is possible with Zoom and FaceTime and being able to um act. I, I think that that technology is amazing now that we can be oh, yeah. with each other that I could do a, like during the pandemic I was able to do uh movement workshops with uh, a dancer from one of the greatest dance companies in Japan. We had a big time difference, but the te technology allowed me to, in the com in in my own home in isolation, work with someone from Japan, doing like dance like training workouts. So it is kind of cool what we discovered was possible during that time. But to have live audiences back is so amazing, so fun. And so no, like like you said, it's important because it's its own character especially yeah, the, in, in wrestling oh yeah the wrestling audience they're their mm -hmm. own thing mm -hmm. and yeah the wrestler and the old guys are the people who know how to work them even like sam adonis who is a new face in wrestling is so brilliant at working the audience it's brilliant to watch um but yeah the total skill Anyways, it's so lovely to talk to you. I feel like I, <laughs> I need my energy drink now. My coffee is done. I don't have I know. Mine, mine ran out earlier, too. I was like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll go an hour. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, this was it was real easy going. Nice talking to you. You're, you're so, so great. easy to talk to you, Lorenzo. Like, I'm yeah. definitely going to talk to you again. Um, I also was like. I'm shocked that it's been two hours. I might need to maybe go. I have to go to a family event today. It's no, yeah, definitely. Event. I, I... Um, but absolutely would love to talk to you again. You're no. so lovely to talk to. Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd love to talk to you about, you know, any other projects you have coming up or even just wrestling in general. It was just great to talk to you about, you know, uh, you have you have so many things going on that are interesting whether it be the acting the athletic um, i'd love uh get to hear more about that you know once you do get the that going but uh yeah thank you so much for your time today uh i don't want to keep you any longer because <laughs> i'm sure you have uh, a lot of things to do but where can everyone find you i have some of your links there uh lacyk.com your instagram your twitter yeah so um uh for everyone listening 
Um, you can follow me at Lacey K, so that's L-A-C-E-Y-K-A-Y, um, on Instagram, at Lacey K on, oh, sorry, no, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. Sorry, take that back. I just told you my handle wrong. <laughs> it's Real Lacey K. So Real Lacey K, at Real Lacey K on Twitter, on Instagram, or you can just go to LaceyK.com and all of my links will show up there. And uh, it'd be a pleasure to meet some new fans, talk to new people, um, and um, throw anything at me that you think I should be following or listening to. I'm always happy to be exposed to more awesome, cool people in this world. So come no. is, is yeah. great. Reach out, Better. reach out is what I'm trying to say, you know? Yeah, no, it was so great talking to you. And like I said, um, yeah, I'd definitely love to talk to you again about any any other projects you might have coming up or just anything anything wrestling, anything. Oh, I will let you know. There are things. I'm not allowed to talk about them right now though, but there are things. Don't worry, we have things. <laughs> That's I'm not, again, they're on the I'll, they're undercover at the moment. Like but so. Well, I'm I'm glad. No, you you deserve all of that and I hope nothing but more success comes your way you know you really put in the work and that shows you know you deserve it thank you thank you Lorenzo for having this platform for people like me and thank you for all the work that you're doing in this industry and in the arts and in wrestling so <laughs> well yeah. no thank you just as equally and yeah we'll stop there thank everyone for listening and take care bye <laughs>